Good morning, brothers and sisters. Joseph and his coat of many colors is what we all have learned about throughout our, our childhoods, our Sunday school lessons, vacation Bible school. But there are other stories about Joseph's life, his challenges of, of being raised in bondage, his becoming a part of a family that isn't blood, teaches us about divine leadership, teaches us about forgiveness and restoration. Joseph and his coat of many colors. Amen. The scripture reading today is from the book of Genesis, chapter 45. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep you alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have, I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Amen. Then Joseph could no longer control himself, before all who stood by him. And he cried out so loud that the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard his tears. In another scripture, Joseph says, God has sent me here to preserve life. God has sent me here to preserve life. Pray with me as I speak on the subject, keeping the faith. Shall we pray? Holy Spirit, stop by here. 
Holy Spirit, stop by here and see if there's anything wicked in me and extract it, O Lord. Holy Spirit, stop by here. Hide me behind the empty cross so that I will be out of sight and you will be the focus. Holy Spirit, stop by here so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Let me say that again. So that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be concentrated on you. Our God and our Redeemer. Amen. I've searched the scripture given to us by the lectionary and, and I could not find anything on the well-being of the Egyptian slaves. But the text focuses on Joseph and the drama within his family. The text highlights the view of God within the Israelite perspective, that God is only on their side and not on the Egyptians or the Canaanites. Throughout the Old Testament narrative, we see a God of universal justice. But in this narrative, we must look much deeper. We must look at one's call to, to lead the people of God. We must look at the narrative of redemption and restoration and hope and of love. Joseph's troubled relationship with his family, both his blood brothers and his Egyptians who would come to claim him, is troubled and it is transitional. His brothers sold him, and the Egyptians bought him. He's property now. All y'all are missing it. His brothers placed him in systematic bondage for 22 years. But now, he has become a liberation to them, their community, and the people of his birth. Joseph's prophetic leadership rose above his family issues to a second level of compassion, that although Joseph was separated from his paternal family, he still loved them. And it was love that gave him a greater vision for generations to come. He was physically and spiritually and emotionally separated from them. But what we also see, Seth, Joseph's relationship with Pharaoh, his adopted family, love, and an identity of itself. Despite enslavement, his relationship with Egypt grew into something more complicated, but yet nurturing his call 
Family, it's not just blood, but it's a connection, a kind of spiritual connection. The Egyptians, in a sense, were Joseph's adoptive family. I am a gift of two families. I didn't know I was adopted until I was 18 years old. Uh, my family kept secrets well, way too well. I mean, I, I always wondered what was happening when they, said, when they would say, TJ, Thomas, well, actually, they called me Thomas. That's my birth name. Thomas, baby, go out there and play with the kids. Get out of grown folks' business. So now I, you know, when they finally told me about this, the story about how I was adopted, I, I finally figured it out that they were probably talking about that. <laughs> the families of my rearing, y'all heard me talk about the Blackshire family, that we have um, a historic home in Youngstown, Ohio, a home that's been in our family since, 19, since the 1940s. That home, I claim also. My mother would always say that from adoption, from two weeks old adoption, that I was underneath the elder care, that their elders were now my elders, that their hopes and dreams would come true from me, just like my cousins, just like my sister Susie and my sister Jackie and my sister Booby. As I said, I was just two weeks old when they brought me into the family full of cousins and aunties who loved justice and who were committed to the work of public service. Mother was the first evangelist ordained in the Church of God in Christ. Daddy was um, a business owner in a grocery store in Columbus, and owned a grocery store in Columbus, Ohio. My family. Like Joseph, I have had to be intentional about seeing to it that the Blackshears and Thomases were united together with the McLeans and the Williams and what was the other family? <laughs> and the Malones. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, <laughs> so many of us. My husband would often say that whenever, whenever he would get together with us, that he'd have to draw a map to understand um, who's related to who and how all of us are related. Because we get together as one family now. But families. Not all happy, so and of course we have not all had our rainbow times, our coat of many colors, because families are people who live in them, and we all still have their problems. On the end of the extreme, even today, some families living in poverty around the world have been known to sell their own children into slavery. We see this generational trauma in Joseph's life 
and generational trauma that will be a part of the modern-day story of trafficked people that will be told for generations to come throughout the community. It will be told through fears and tears and hopes and dreams of an entire people who already left a traumatic situation only to feel the pain and the horror of modern-day slavery. When they separated Joseph from his family and his community, they stripped him of his legacy with the purpose of taking over his life and claiming his story as their own. For Joseph, this was an emotional and psychological and, and spiritual disruption. His father thought he was dead. His community had mourned him. And for Joseph, he grew up in oppression. He grew up having to share bread and bread only. He grew up having others tell him who he is. This is the impact of oppression and violence. Joseph grew up with the knowledge that he was owned by Egyptians before he became a leader of the Egyptian people. Joseph was their slave. Before, no, Joseph became a leader of the Egyptian people. He was their slave. He was their property. But as old people say, but God, but God. The Portland Community College definition of, of institutional oppression is the systematic treatment of people within a societal identity group, supported and enforced by society and its institutions. Bathroom bills against trans folks passed in various states are an example of systematic oppression. The gutting of the Civil Rights Bill, the agenda to strip, to strip away a woman's right over her body are examples of systematic oppression. Human trafficking isn't institutionalized, but it is a reality. And racism straddles the line between what is institutional and what is merely practiced. It lives in both worlds. The biblical text is a historic blueprint for our time, a story about a people that face oppressive structures and the Roman Empire of their day. Reminding us of oppression never has the last word. Joseph's life was impacted by a bigger systematic issue that was complicated by family betrayal that, faced, that placed him in a system that would dictate who he is 